For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Matt is here with me. We have plenty to discuss Formula One related this week. But first, Matt, when you think of medical advice, who do you turn to? I don't think you want that answer. It's not going to be William Story. There's oh, a little, oh. Well, I guess William Story, but I think you wanted me to dunk on him there. There's a lot of bad medical yeah. advice going on around right now. That, so. There is. That's true. <laughs> But yes, William Story. He, I don't think he's an American citizen. I don't think he's Thank a dual God. citizen. I don't think he's a dual citizen. So, but yes, because you know, I don't want to dive too deep into that hole. I was about to <laughs> go on a rant. <laughs> well, but, let's just uh, put it this way: I finished my vaccine, and probably much to, to his dismay, I am not mind controlled by the government. I didn't grow a third limb, and uh, I'm pretty healthy right now. So, I'm sure he's disappointed. Oh, right. That's the government is telling me. The UK government is telling me that I'm okay, but I'm not actually okay. Right. I get Something it. Something like that. I think yeah. I just sometimes I don't think your mind can comprehend what's happening. So it's okay. We'll forgive you. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's just so overwhelming now. I have rich energy pouring out of my pores. <laughs> Has he submitted an emergency patent to the government for a rich energy vaccine? It's like, it's a COVID <laughs> vaccine, but instead of being something that actually helps you, it's just rich energy. It probably got tied up in court because he copied the logo of some U.S. company, too, or something like that. No, you know? Sergio Perez went to the government and tanked mm, it. Right. All right. Anyways. Damn it, Sergio. Well, <laughs> let's start with BW. Uh, let's start with Aston Martin, the team that William Story t- t- said today. He was supposed to buy and wasn't allowed to or whatever mumbo jumbo he said in his latest tweet. A couple sponsor announcements that they had today. BWT, who was rumored to potentially go to either Williams or Haas, stayed with Aston Martin. So maybe we'll see a little bit of pink on their car. By the time this episode comes out, we will already have their livery announcement, which is, I think, Wednesday. So we will see what the car looks like there. I don't know if there's too much to add to that. As long as it's not super pink. Um, I'm yes. really looking forward to this green car. So Maybe just like pink mirrors. Or or just a white outline of their logo. I yes. <laughs> is, it, is it a hill that BWT will die on? That's the question. Yeah. We will find out in pro- before this episode airs. And also, Aston Martin par- partnered with Crypto.com. There is zero information about what the partnership entails, and I don't really even know what Crypto.com does because I found this article 
three minutes before we started recording. I'm going to guess it's something cryptocurrency, and I think we can just leave it at that. As long as they help me get Dogecoin to 10 cents. Yeah, Dogecoin's in there. Rise, Dogecoin. (laughs) All right, time to dunk on Ferrari. It's that that time of the episode. So um, we touched on last week how Alfa Romeo came out in their team principal who I had never heard of had basically said that they were hoping this year would be better based on the fact that Ferrari engines were going to be better this year for horsepower. That was a major setback for all the Ferrari teams last year and coincided with their finish finishing position usually. So if the Alfa Romeo principal was bullish about their prospects for 2021, Mike and I had speculated maybe Ferrari would be kind of in the same camp and you know, might have to see some improvements this year. Well, Ferrari came out since then and basically said, yeah, we're going to focus on 2022, which is a kind of a reoccurring theme that we keep talking, talking about each week. So uh, they're looking like they're going to pack it in. I read a article that is might as well be in another language to me about how their engine for 2022 is going to be revolutionary. I couldn't tell you why or what the intricacies of that, but if they say that, maybe I'll believe them. And on top of all that, uh, Mattia Bonotto, who is the team principal for Ferrari, uh, is going to miss some races in 2021 because somehow missing these races will help them focus on 2022. I miss the logic on that one too. So, Mike, what do you think of Ferrari and their focus on 2022 Bonotto missing races and the engine to end all engines next year. And I feel like we should have, we've, we've done nothing but dunk on people for the first five minutes of this episode. And it's all very warranted. William Story's beard is quite long. Yes. That's as nice as we can end. The, <laughs> probably the nicest thing we can say about him. Anyway. Yeah. My my buddy Freddie Vasori last week was like Ferrari going to do good things this year, and Ferrari was like, actually, we're not really that worried about this year. We're going to worry about next year. So, kind of awkward. Must 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 be super awkward to be a Ferrari customer team last week versus this week. I don't know what's going to be revolutionary about their engine next week, but they also said that in 2019, and then had all sorts of illegalities that set them back for 2020. So I will not, I will take that with a grain of salt right now and until we see some actual performance in 2022. But yeah, I, I don't know what the team principal missing a few races is going to do to the 2022 package because it's not like he's an engineer. And I, I don't know this again, uh, Ferrari gonna Ferrari and Mattia Bonotto how he still has a job. I know Ferrari is kind of quick to fire people sometime in management roles, but I feel like he's got some blackmail or maybe maybe him and William Story are teaming up to take apart Formula One. I don't I don't need it. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. It's it's not it's not a good look for Ferrari. Yeah, that dude played the ultimate power play by writing himself a blank check and said, hey, Ferrari, this is going to take several years to figure out, so you just got to be patient. And they're just like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, I wish I could. I wish the average person could do that with their job. Like, yeah, you know, you needed these expense reports at the end of the week. It's looking a little busy, so it's going to get done. I just don't know when it's going to be done. And if your boss is just like, oh, all right, 
cool take your time like if that's the way society worked we would get nothing done um and we would also have no incentive to work hard so yeah i am kind of bummed i feel i told mike this already i I feel most bad i mean obviously signs is getting his shot with the perennial team so you know i can't imagine he's super thrilled uh but also leclerc you know leclerc's obviously still pretty young has got a lot of good years ahead of him but this is kind of just another one of those where it's just going to be seemingly wasted and one of the you mentioned 2019 the illegalities with their engine if you're going to do that at least win the championship (laughs) i mean they do all this and i don't know if they knew at the time that you know the hammer would be dropped on them for 2020 uh, but if you're going to do all that, you might as well like win the Constructors' Championship or something. But if you do that, don't win and still lose to Mercedes, who are completely legal, and then get destroyed for another year in 2020 just because you have to like make up for that. It, it kind of seems like a waste of time. If you're not going to get the championship, then why bother? So, yep. it, yeah, I I mean, I'm hopefully their engine is somewhat better this year, but it doesn't sound like they're very confident in the rest of their package. And we haven't even gotten to preseason testing where teams like pretend they're going to be really fast they're just starting with yeah we're not even worried about this year yeah they're like putting sandbags on top of their sandbags before the test so they will uh they will be on the podium every year though or every race though oh before we get there (laughs) well played i was trying to think how to segue that one before we get there this feel like if if you were Charles Leclerc and you're going into this year how on earth are you motivated to succeed like why are you even putting in your your best effort because your team is saying we're gonna punt on the entire year before the season starts which is again goes back to my this is an awful look for Ferrari yeah that's like a a 2008 team that happened when they were switching chassis that we've referenced before too you know they Honda was taken over by Ross Braun as like a technical director or whatever. And he basically said like, listen, we're, I'm going to get this right eventually, but we are going to need plenty of time to work out the kinks of this car and whatnot. And it's going to take time. And they had like a couple good races, but overall they were, they were terrible. And Jensen Button is just like showing up every weekend, putting his car through its paces and then going home. And it's just like, this seems miserable. I mean, obviously it worked out for him because he won the championship the next year, but it just seemed like in 2008, it was just like, ugh, like the poor guy's just showing up and just running laps for the sake of running laps. So it's a strategy. I think they, as I've said, the long game is important. So ultimately I think it is the right call. It's just very frustrating in the moment. So if this helps Ferrari become successful for four to seven years after this year i don't think leclerc will look back on this year and complain too much i don't think button looks back on 2008 and complains too much because he knows what he got in 2009 fair Um, you were mentioning the podiums yeah well champagne is no more on the podiums it's kind of a sad day it is now sparkling wine and it is by i guess i'm not really educated on this but i see a ferrari logo on the bottle and i can only assume it is somehow in relation to Ferrari. It's Ferrari Trento is now the officially the officially official toast of Formula One. I got super confused about that too. Why is it called toast? Are you an expert? You seem fancy. You like blue cheese. Tell me about this. Yeah, I like blue cheese, but the one thing I don't like is wine. I like champagne, but in but 
champagne sparkling wine i don't i'm looking at the website it's definitely somehow related or partnered with ferrari the car company but they are a public wine and spirits company headquartered in trento italy it looks like they're separate from the car company but there's obviously some sort of relation and that's as i'm not cultured enough to tell you anything about the difference between champagne and sparkling wine i'm sure somebody listening will comment and tell us and that's much uh, appreciated but i have nothing on this one other than why is it a toast and why is this an announcement i like that their website asks you if you're 21 or not and it just says yes no as if like some government agency out there made them do that and went, ha ha ha, we've single-handedly prevented people from under 21 from entering this website as if there's like any verification at all. This could segue into tobacco rant on cars. But anyways, let's not go down that hole. Yeah, you could go a lot of that specific. Yeah. We shouldn't. I wonder if Mission Window makes you figure out if you're 21 or older. With a man, Julio Ferrari? And the web it says 1902, and that's that predates Enzo Ferrari by a, a long way. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go on? I'm going to read this real quick. Fernando Alonso. Let's give an update on Fernando. Fernando, after getting hit by a car on his bicycle, having jaw surgery, is fit to race after his accident. So he'll be at the test. Is the test next week or the week after? I don't know. It's coming very soon. soon. Yeah, it's it's very soon. So. I can't lie, I'm surprised, but happy at the same time. So glad to see that he's recovering well and, and you know, he's posted a couple of pictures on social media and doesn't even look like he had uh, any any scars, at least that I could see from, from the photos. So, yeah, i happy to see there. Yep. And Enzo Ferrari was born in 1898 and the wine company started what, 1902? Dang, I was way off then. But I have confirmed that I I hope I don't know if it's a silent gene, it's Julio or if it's Julio, but he is unrelated to sports car producer Enzo Ferrari. Okay. But both companies do maintain contact. So I I was going to say it. I don't think they could just slap the Ferrari name on there without Scuderia Ferrari suing them to the end of the earth. So Right. It does look like it's a legitimate Ferrari, but it's not Enzo Ferrari related at any point. So anyways, there'll still be a Ferrari on the podium every every race this season. Uh, yes, good to see Fred okay. Again, that could have been a whole lot worse. So it was kind of just a blip, thankfully. And speaking of Fred, his car came out today. Alpine and Mercedes both revealed their liveries today. Aston Martins is tomorrow, Wednesday, Haas Thursday, Williams Friday, and then rounding out the field is Ferrari, which is a week from tomorrow, Wednesday. So that would be the 10th if that's on your guys' calendar. Mercedes's car, wasn't the biggest fan of it. I do like that they're sticking with the black. I do like the overall layout, but the engine cover is quite tragic. The font is in red outline. It is white towards the back of that engine cover. And then it has AMG labeled on it about 16 times. (laughs) Uh, It looks like something someone did on Microsoft, like paint. I just wasn't the biggest fan of that one. What did you think of the Merc livery? Yeah. So 
Yeah, it looks like the the Aston Martin, the the AMG was like they just copied and pasted it as many places as they could. Like it's a type of livery section of livery I would design in like Gran Turismo, which ends up not looking as cool as I actually think it does. And then Alpine's I thought was spectacular. I think it's oh, one of the better yeah, looking cars in recent memory and get ready race fans because the ultimate nascar experience is about to hit the airwaves welcome to pit pass nascar the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of nascar racing join us each week as we bring you closer to the nascar action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers team members and industry insiders so whether you're a fan of super speedways short ovals or road racing or you've just watched talladega nights Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. Go figure. Wasn't, wasn't this something we were ranting about earlier about how, like, who designs these liveries? Well, yes. lo and behold, Alpine uh, was in consult with Sean Bowl, who does oh, some yeah. amazing liveries online. Sean Bowl, actually, I was looking at his... his uh, instagram today he actually designed the dragons f formula e car it's the one that looks like it's red and white and kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. diagonally um so he did that one. i'm not the biggest fan of that one but i appreciate that dragon would work with him because sean bold most of the time is, is pretty spot on with his livery concepts so yes sean worked with alpine to come up with this car and it just works uh, it 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 is just a really good looking car. The sponsor logos look great. The French flag accent on the front wing looks great. But the I think the best part is their choice of blue. It's like a metallic matte blue. Ugh, it is it's, it is awesome. It's probably going to be the best one. I can pretty much figure that out now. Depending but, on uh, yeah what Aston Martin comes yeah. out with, but uh, going back, it 80s, looks good. The worst part about Mercedes easily the the red number that's like just the outline which is awful it's easily awful the rest i can i don't mind the white the rest i can deal with and i almost am kind of annoyed that alpine has the best livery by far because you know i am such a big fan of esteban Ocon, so i have to 
like look at him in a nice car, but cool that they use Shamble. I am not a huge fan of that Dragon F1 or FE car, but there are a lot of cool Formula E liveries. So pretty yeah. cool that he's being used or utilized uh, in more and more and more places. And I hope other teams start to realize like, wow, we could actually do something pretty cool with these cars. Interesting, isn't it? To um to circle back to the the Ferrari thing we were talking about. Yeah. The the only teams that have outright said we're packing it in have been Ferrari and Haas, correct? I think so, yeah. Other than those two, obviously, and then probably excluding Mercedes because we know they have a trick up their sleeve somewhere. Which team do you think really is going to be going for it this year as far as developing their car and trying to go up the grid, even if it doesn't make the most sense given what's happening next year? I could see McLaren doing that because you know they, they mortgaged a lot of property last year to be able to stay where they are. And now they need to prove that everything they did last year to have money, it, it you know, isn't going to waste. So I could see them pushing more. Obviously Red Bull is going to continue to push. They do, they do every year, but if I'm picking one that's not, you know, Mercedes or Red Bull, which is kind of obvious. I would say McLaren because they have a lot to gain, but they also have a lot to lose if this year doesn't go well. Yeah, and I would say if I couldn't pick Red Bull, because I do think they're probably the only threat to Mercedes this year. And, you know, their driver lineup did drastically improve in the offseason that I would say Alpine almost has a history of putting a lot of resources into their team with Renault. So I, I think they're getting a little tired of kind of being that fifth to sixth best in the field position. I think they want to move up the grid. So if Ferrari really is taking the year off, that really does open the door for P3 this year in the constructors title between Alpine, Aston Martin and McLaren. So that'll be a really good, really good matchup to, to watch all year. Uh, kind of a slow news week. I mean, obviously the new liveries coming out are super cool. And, um, I think we're kind of getting into that lull before the test that there's kind of just not going to be a whole lot that happens here in the next week or two. But, uh, last kind of item we had was the, I don't know what I can't, I want to know what this dude's business card says, but to put it in plain English, I'd put the F1 scheduler, uh, which if that's what it says on his business card would be super cool. It's probably a logistics operation manager of data force management of FIA is probably what it actually says. But uh, anyways, he's saying that F1 will probably be going to Saudi Arabia for the next decade, which really puts a lot of pressure on whoever's designing this track. If it really is Herman Tilk, I hope not, but Whoever's designing the permanent circuit, they better get this right if we're really going to be racing here for another decade. I don't want another Abu Dhabi type situation going on. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, real quick. it Her name is Chloe Target Adams. And her title is Global Director of Race Promotion. That so, actually somewhat makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I can kind of wrap my head around what that is. So yeah, that's, that's a more logical s- than some of them. I'm super jealous of her. That's a sick job. Imagine your job is to design the F1 schedule. I mean, I know anytime you're going to post it, you're going to get the people who are just like, oh my God, why aren't you going to Miami? Or why aren't you going to 
the what's the we we talked about the grade one facilities and there was one in Finland. Like, why are you oh, going yeah. to Finland? Like, uh, I wouldn't want to see her email inbox the day after she posts it. But yeah, that's the same for IndyCar and oh. every series. The IndyCar oval discussion. Oh, yeah, why aren't you going back to Milwaukee? Yeah, she should come do the IndyCar one. Why aren't you going to Milwaukee? Like, get. Out. I would respond to everybody so that. Just like, get the hell out of here. Why isn't F one going to Kentucky? Oh man. I think we're going to wrap it up there before we go completely off topic. Guys, thank you again for listening. We'll be back next week to start off the episode with our new segment called Story Time, where we dunk on William Story for the first few minutes of the episode. That was uh, Matthew Grunholz who came up with that. Yep. That was a good idea. I couldn't remember who, uh, who, who said that without looking at my phone. So, yeah, we'll make it, we'll make it a tradition as long as, as long as it fits somehow. And... I don't you know there's NASCAR this weekend if you if you want to watch that, but I think it's at one of the boring tracks. So we'll be back next week and everybody enjoy the weekend. Stay ahead of the pack with the latest racing news and interviews from the Hammerdown Racing Report, your source for regional racing action as well as the national scene. Every week we recap racing action from all around Northwest Ohio and Southeast Michigan and cover national racing series from the world of outlaws to NASCAR. Plus, get all the latest racing news. Join hosts Scott Hammer and Ron Miller, along with different featured guests each week. From dirt to asphalt, we have you covered. The Hammer Down Racing Report, available weekly on your favorite podcasting platform.